All right, boxing fans, welcome to another episode of the Rope a Dope podcast. I'm recording this tonight. It's 8 o'clock right now, and I'm really excited about our guest, former WBA welterweight champion of the world, Aaron Davis, is going to be on. Super excited about that. It's going to be phoning in in about hmm, five minutes or so. But before we get to that, I want to recap about what's going on in boxing right now. First off, Mikey Garcia looking very impressive in his win against Vargas. Now the question comes... Can he compete at welterweight? Uh, <laughs> look, he's a natural lightweight, junior welterweight. Those are both really, really good weights for him. But of course, he wants to, you know, push himself. He wants to test himself against the best, as we saw when he tried to fight Harold Spence last year. Uh, <laughs> he's got, he's got to test himself a little bit more before we make that prediction. As of right now, I don't see it. Would be a good matchup for him, and I think would be a great matchup for boxing. Is Mikey Garcia, Jeff Garcia? Shout out to Alex Davenport for telling me about that fight, that potential fight. That could be a great fight, and I think whoever wins that fight would get a legit shot at a uh, welterweight title. Now let's come to some future fights. We got. We've just uh, been told that we will have a fight between Dillian White versus Alexander Povechkin. Uh, winner of that fight should get a title shot in the heavyweight division. Personally, I think Dillian White has, you know, he's a little bit younger. He hits a little harder. Uh, Povechkin, he's a he's a bit over the hill right now. So that's why I'm picking Dillian White to win. I believe the fight's going to be in England, too. You know, that's quite a long ways for Povechkin to travel. <laughs> so, yeah, that's why I'm picking Povechkin to win. And then the Saturday in more heavyweight action, <laughs> great, great matchup. I'm really looking forward to Robert Hellenus versus Adam Kowalnicki. Again, two fighters. One is on the rise, Adam Kowalnicki. Just got off a great fight with Chris Ariola. And Robert Hellenus, last time we saw him, he looked very good until he didn't <laughs> against Gerald Washington. I, I, now, bias aside, I, okay, I am Finnish, my mom's side, it's 100% Finnish, I'm half Finnish, that's why Robert Hellenus has always hold a special place in my heart, because let's be honest, there's not a lot of Finnish boxers out there, <laughs> so, that's why I would really, really like to see a Robert Hellenus victory here, I just don't see it though, not against Adam Kowalnicki, he hits too hard, he moves too fast, and he's an awkward Looking heavyweight, too. He kind of has that Andy Ruiz um, style. There was a lot of punches in volume. And, I mean, right now, he's just, like, on the ascent. If Robert Hellenus loses this fight and loses it bad, uh, I don't think we'll ever see of him again. <laughs> it's also in Konaki's backyard in Brooklyn. You know, that's going to... I think that's going to matter a lot. So that's why I'm picking Konaki to win. All right, those are my picks. Uh, I picked <laughs> Dillian White over Povetkin, and I'm picking Adam Kowalnicki over Robert Hellenus. You know, <laughs> I guess I'm not really picking the, uh, uh whatever. <laughs> also, I guess we'll recap Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury right now. Uh, it looks like Wilder will be fighting Fury for a third time. I mean, you know how I feel about that. Personally, I would love to see Wilder just see where the chips fall. In other words... Let Fury fight Joshua. Let Joshua fight P Pulev. 
You know, let let them sort each other out and be the last man standing. Be the last guy who's marketable for a big, big fight. In the meantime, you can either fight the winner of Helenus Konaki, you can fight the winner of Bovetkin uh, White, you can fight Andy Ruiz. I mean, you, you have options, is what I'm trying to say. He has options. So for him to go straight back into fighting Tyson Fury, it's a bold move. It's a very bold move. One that I don't know will pay off, but again, it's his choice. Hopefully he won't wear the costume next time. All right, and on that, when we come back, we'll be hearing from the former WBA welterweight champion of the world, Aaron Superman Davis. Gotta love that nickname. All right, boxing fans, hey, uh, stick around. All right, we're joined live by the former WBA welterweight champion of the world, Aaron Superman Davis. You doing well, champ? Well, that's good, man. That's real good. So, before we get into the backstory of your life and your career, which I'm, you know, such a fan of, thank you for appearing. I've got to ask uh, the guy you beat for the championship, Mark Breland. His name has been in the news a lot lately. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Because he's, <laughs> because he's got the fight, you know. Yeah. Um, I think that he did the right thing. I think the guy was. I think he did the right thing by stopping that fight. You think so? So when you were watching yeah, the fight, okay. Interesting. Um, yeah, I agree with you for the most part, but, you know, Wilder just has that right hand that you just never know what he can do with it, you know? Yeah, but he's right about that. But the right hand that he has, he was done. He had nothing coming out of it. He was back on the was all off. He should be hitting back in the head. Mm. And he was all over the place. Like, that, you know, he was, he was just all over the place. My last fight against Ross Thompson, I believe his name was Ross Thompson, I got hit back in the head. And I was messed up. I didn't even know I was that messed up until I seen the team. But my head was clear. But I couldn't, I didn't have my balance. Because my equilibrium was off. You know, but, but um, he was hitting hit the back in the ear, back in the head, repeatedly throughout the whole fight. All right. You excited for a third fight between Wilder and Fury? Or is that something you're looking forward to? Say it again? Is that something you would look forward to? A third fight between Wilder and Fury? Well, you know what? He, he's coming up with all these excuses. You know, if he can just, um, if it is an excuse, I like to see the fight again. Yeah. I, I mean, I bet on Wild to the first fight. Mm -hmm. I bet on him the second fight. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, Fury came up, he was boxing. He went to Detroit. He went and got him from Detroit, from Detroit, Michigan, from Car Gym, and they came with a, um, they came with a plan. I don't think Walter, when he fights, I don't think he has a plan. His only plan is to knock you out with the right hand. That's really smart. All right, enough about that fight. Let's talk about you. Let's talk about your life. Let's talk about your career. Where are you from? Where Where were you born? Oh, well, I was born in New York City. Um, the Bronx, New York. Okay. Now, what what year would this be in? It's 50s, 60s, right? Oh, yeah, it's 67. Okay. What was, what was the Bronx like back then? So what, what, yeah, no, I'm here. I just, I was just processing your answer. 
Um, you have any other siblings? So were they as into boxing as you were growing up, or was that just kind of something that you, was that your thing? No, no, my father used to box. Right. My whole family used to box. My cousins, my uncles, my father, all used to box, and that's how I got to box. So yeah, your father was your trainer. I got to ask, uh, what do you think were the advantages of having your dad as your trainer? Were there any? I think that, you know, they want parents with you hard. They want, they want more out of you than anybody else. They know what you can, they know what you can do and what you can do. Yeah. Did you, did you like having your dad as your trainer? Or would you have liked to have had someone else? No, no, I'd love to have him as my trainer. I had, him, I had another guy, buddy, Billy Giles. Mm -hmm. He was a good trainer, too. So I got to ask, um, we had Jesse James Leha on the podcast, and he said one of the disadvantages about having his father as his trainer was that his father loved him too much, and he would stop fights prematurely. Well, did that ever happen with you? No, nah, not really, because nah, if that happens too, but um, hold on one second, hold on one yeah. second, right? Hold on. especially in New York. Um, do you think being from New York, having that great amateur background, all that great sparring, do you think that helped you? Yes. We was able, we was on Now it's in Brooklyn Heights, I think, now, where they moved it. coming up that you look up to, like in the amateur circuit? Well, in the amateur? Like when you, were there any like uh, people that you would spar with when you were coming up with that became world champions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to love I used to love Iran Barkley when I was young. Oh, I love Iran Barkley. No, he took it easy on me, though. I spar with him. I spar with Simon Brown. I spar with the Benitez. Wow. Um, personal opinion, I think it's kind of a shame that Iran Barkley isn't in the Hall of Fame. What do you think about that? Do you think his credentials should get him there? I think he should be in there. He's not in there. I mean, listen, he's a champion. He's a hard fighter. There's no way he, should, he shouldn't be in there. I mean, some people lose fights. It doesn't make you um, great if you not, um, if you have any losses. Mm -hmm. You don't have any losses. I mean, he had losses. Yeah. But he was a great fighter. He fought 
I tell people that's Israel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, his two wins against Tommy Hearns were incredible, and his fight against Duran, yeah. all these great, great fights. He's up three beats Duran that fight. Oh, really? <laughs> um, yeah, that fight, he won the fight with Duran. They gave Duran the fight. I think they robbed Duran. Oh, wow. They gave all Duran with Duran, but, you know, they're all great fighters. They are, yeah. So, when you were coming up, like, the Golden Gloves were, like, the biggest thing, and you happened to... Uh, you happened to uh, win one, a couple of them. Uh, did you, what, was that like a, did that set you apart from other boxers when you decided to turn pro? Yeah, yeah. Well, back then, winning the Golden Gloves in New York was like winning the Olympics. It was, yeah. Golden Gloves was big. Yeah. Back then, people knew how to fight. Like, <laughs> today, people, they don't fight. People don't want to fight. Yeah. Um, and it's not really they fought. It's just that they're not taught how to fight. There's no really, there's not really good trainers out here to teach fighters how to fight. Most trainers never fought, never did anything. And they teach the fighters how to fight like they think the fighter. Like back when I was fighting, if you walked in the gym, you didn't have to have fights to be a good trainer. Because we creatures of habit. You see the good trainers teach people how to fight. So you teach them what you see. such an accomplished amateur uh how come 
you didn't make the Olympic team. Was that? Did you try? Did you fail at the trials? Uh, well, I, I didn't try. I couldn't believe it. I just went to a Okay. Well, I'll tell you the next year. I went to a state league. I beat a guy that robbed me, and I'm like, okay, that's it. <laughs> no more amateur boxing? You know, I gotta ask, uh, I was looking over your career, and you had a lot of fights in France at the beginning part of your career. Why was that? Well, my father and Billy Giles was training a guy in Paris that promoted me, Chiozo. He was a great promoter, he was a good promoter. Not Chiozo, I mean, his name was, his name was, um, yeah, what was his name, I forgot, Courage. His name was Courage. Okay. character in Spider-Man named Aaron Davis. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was, he's, I swear to, I swear, you just go watch uh, this movie called Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse and the bad guy's name is Aaron Davis. <laughs> was he black? He's black, yeah. <laughs> you know what? I 
Coming up, uh, did you did you find it hard um, when you did, like? Was there any point in your career where you're just like, man, f this, let me go quit and do something else? You know what happened was when I when you see I didn't fight long periods of time, sometime a year or whatever. I had management problems, promotional problems, and I didn't fight. Mm-hmm. Um, so then it got to the point it was hard for me to get fights without a promoter. Mm-hmm. So when somebody called me for a fight, I didn't take a fight. Yeah. He's not doing nothing slick. 
And he's boxing. People say, oh, he's slugging. No, he's jamming from a distance. When he gets inside, he fights you. When he's jamming, he is boxing. People, they, they taught by the strangers to hit and run, hit, stick and move. <laughs> and get out the way. Right. You know, but it's the trainers today. It's not so much as the boxing. So... I gotta ask, pivoting to your biggest fight, I think your biggest win uh, against Mark Breland. Um, did, were you? I mean, you're you're a tough guy, but was there any doubt in your mind that you were gonna win that fight? Because Breland, I mean, no. he's no doubt. No doubt. You were going in any fight. I had no doubt. Right. No, no doubt. Once fight I never thought like that. Never. So I gotta ask, what do you say? What do you say to people? During that Breland fight, because you know you were winning the fight, but some people have this, I guess, stigma that you landed a lucky punch. What do you What do you say about that? Well, I tell some people, oh, it was a lucky shot, mm -hmm. but I tell them, why don't you go watch the fight? No, it's a. And, and you look at the fight, and you go, oh, I said, tell them, go, oh, yeah, yeah, you was right, you know. A lot of people think that. The reason why people think that, and I don't blame them, because my high was forward. Yeah. And it looks like. The fight's really just stop, mm -hmm. and then I all of a sudden they talking about stopping it. And then I hit him with my hand, I knock him out. excited to have you on because that's one of my favorite knockouts ever like you just I don't think he's gotten off the canvas yet to be honest we could still we could yeah. still be there like um what was the sensation like after you won the world title what was that feeling like Seen your belt in four years. Yes. Until the until three weeks, two weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, I went to my mother's house to get it. Because me and Luke at the house was in the gym and a couple of kids they wore some amateur belts. They're like, why don't we have a belt day? <laughs> so I said, okay, so I went to my mother's house to get my belt. So we can have a belt day. But Luke and I was supposed to bring his belt. You know, and we all look at you know have a belt, they take pictures, stuff without belt. But the belt's really the first time, you know, really was, I just like to win, man. When I played baseball when I was a kid, 
just hate to lose. I just, I just want to win. <laughs> so who did you celebrate that night with after you won the title? Who was like the person you're like, yo, man, we're going to the club. We're going to get fade. Like, did you have that after the fight or did you just go back to your hotel? No. No, no I love I love my chance. Yeah. You know, I never really go out clubs. Yeah. I mean, I went to clubs, but I didn't drink. You know, I drunk, I might drink some Pepsi or Coke. <laughs> you know, I never drink alcohol, I never drink, I would smoke weed. I gotta be honest, you know, I read this quote that said that it's not the punches that make you, that hurt you, it's the alcohol. Uh, do you agree with that? Actually, actually, can I can I stop you right there? I actually live in Brooklyn. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I have a oh, California area code on my phone. I just moved to Brooklyn like a couple years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Brooklyn. Yeah. Okay. Now you like it in Brooklyn. I love Brooklyn. I'm in Ridgewood, so right on the border between Brooklyn and Queens. Brooklyn used to be bad. Yeah, man. Because I happen to like going to the Bronx. I mean, hey, my dream neighborhood. Since I mean, since we're here, I would love to one day move to uh, Van Cortlandt Park. I love it up there. Yeah, I love that park. Oh no, I want to live there. That's my dream neighborhood. <laughs> I do, yeah. Oh man. Don't you wish you would have hung on to that apartment? How much it'd be worth now? Yes. Oh. oh man. Never have to work another day in your life. Um so, Oh my uh, what year was this? Oh man, so this was right when you were the champion. You had a great four bedroom apartment. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. You were living the high life. I think the maintenance was like, I think it was like 1200 or something. I was like this. Why did you get rid of that place, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just moved out. Alright, so getting back to your career. Um, you had a shot to beat two members on the 1984 Olympic team against Meldrick Taylor. Uh, a lot of people they say that he was washed up after the Chavez fight. Do you think that's true, or what was your opinion? Because yeah. he's still sharp. I, just think that, I think after the Chavez fight, he was still good. He was still fighting. He was doing good. Yeah. But I just heard that he was sparring with real heavy guys in the gym, and you know, he was just taking too many shots. Hold on, after he fought me. You know, I gotta ask, you know, um, do you think, Larry Merchant once said that Meldrick Taylor was too much of a Philadelphia fighter. Do you agree with that? Of a Philadelphia yeah, fighter. Like if he was more of a, he, he should have been more of a Sugar Ray Leonard kind of fighter, but instead he wanted to be Joe Frazier. 
saw Meldrick. Taylor with a broken hand. Yes. What yeah, made my you? Hand was broken. My hand was broken in two different places. What? Which my hand? My hand was broken after the fight. My left hand. Your left hand. something that a lot of fighters, particularly in the lower weight classes, have problems with is making weight. Was that always an issue for you? Or was that an issue for you? Never. Never? Never. with like a great six fight win streak you could have possibly have gotten another title shot if you kept on that road
years because I didn't see him coming. Mm. And I saw I could block him though. Okay. So when I got to the fight, we did the way in, the, right, the press conference, everything. And then at the way in, the doctor's checking me and he's throwing his fingers just out of my eye. <laughs> and I had no parental vision. Mm. So he was like, Did I get this? I said, I got passed. But they didn't pass me. And the doctor's like, No, I'm not going to pass you because, you know, it looks like you got something fluid or something. Like, you know, I'm like, No, nah, I'm good. They let me fight the fight. Wow. Who are you so, supposed to fight? Um, I forgot some guy I was going to knock out. I was in Florida. <laughs> I forgot. I don't know. I was going to knock him out. Yeah. He was in Florida. I mean, how do you in Florida? I got to ask, you know, <laughs> one of your most impressive wins, I mean, in the later stages of your career, was your just utter domination against Pazienza. Like, that, was, that wasn't that was even a fight. Like, you just, you just <sighs> kicked his butt around the ring for, like, eight rounds. Did you, like, <laughs> was it, did he hurt you at all? No, no, no? he never hurt me. Yeah. He was telling me for me because he's going to come at me. I got a good jam. Mm-hmm. fights of yours that you won like it just showed like you you know you're a better boxer than uh people give you credit for like i think they have, there's this belief in you that you're more of a brawler than a puncher or than a boxer sorry but you're a better boxer than you get credit for Does, did you think that worked to your advantage a little bit like people underestimate yeah, you people, uh, but, but you know i really wasn't i was really a boxer puncher i was something similar like Earl, Earl something similar to yeah for. yeah So I got to ask, you know, you mentioned Errol Spence, the welterweight division. I mean, it's just loaded with talent with Spence, Danny Garcia, Terrence Crawford. Which one of those guys do you like the most? Well, I like Errol Spence. I don't know how much Errol Spence got left. I don't know how he's going to be. I mean, a lot of people say that he's alcoholic, he's drinking still, you know, but, What do you think about Terrence Crawford? Terrence Crawford's a good fighter. I think I, I, I still think if I was, if I, before Earl Spence got hurt, I think Earl Spence would have beat him. Mm. I think Earl Spence would have got the wildest. Is that just because he's too much weight, or do you think he's just that much better? No, no, I, I think he's just that much better. Wow. Like Crawford is a uh, listen. Crawford, that guy, the African guy, couldn't fight. Mm-hmm. The guy that won, he, he took two times for. <laughs> you out of here on these last five these last couple questions we ask these questions to every interviewer that we have question number one what's the most memorable place you've ever brought your championship belt i know it doesn't matter to you but there must have been one spot where you're just like this is great home 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 to the bronx to my house Mm. afterwards you know i could say you know that's the most memorable place i really didn't take the belt anywhere but my house Mm. 
awesome. Wow. So, I just wasn't a guy that take the ball around. I, I just wasn't. <laughs> Question number two. What's the most irresponsible thing you bought with your money? There must have been some purchase where you're just like, why did I buy this? <laughs> oh, you know, a bunch of cars and stuff <laughs> like that, you know. Uh, jewelry. When you get older, you think about all the stupid stuff you did. Yeah. <laughs> what car were you like, I don't need this car? There must have been one car. I want to know the car. <laughs> yeah, I had, um, um, I had a, uh, um, was a, no, I had a truck. I had two trucks at one time. Oh. Any fighter in history, either today or in the past, who's one fighter that you would have liked to have fought? Um, yeah. Sugar Ray Leonard. That would have been a good matchup. I think that you two, your styles would have really complemented each other. Stadium or arena that you fought in? Uh, Madison Square Garden. Everybody says Madison Square Garden. Why? Why Madison Square Garden? <laughs> you know, maybe because that's the mecca of boxing. Like years ago, that was the place. Yeah. Like Vegas was New York. Like you didn't train there. When you walked into the old place, everybody. When I was a kid, I said Tommy Hearns come to there. Mm. Muhammad Ali come to there. Mm -hmm. um, Tommy Hearns, Sugar Ray, Roberto Duran. Okay. <laughs> That's incredible. All right. Final question. Um, what's the best piece of advice that you've ever received in your corner between rounds? Yeah. <laughs> 
push them on the shoulders. And back then, we, we sat down, we punched, we were hard punches. We were taught how to punch hard, you know? And we punched somebody they go over their shoulders, they feel that. Yeah. You know? And that was a memorable fight there. And it wasn't for him to fight. I don't know where that fight would have went. And who was this against again? Sorry. His name was Harvard, Harvard Schufer. Okay. Wow. So, I mean, Teddy Atlas, what year would, was this, would this be then? This is probably in. Um, this is probably in. So this was before he hooked up with Michael Moore and everyone. Like, he was kind of like an unknown trainer. Yeah. Wow. All right. All right. Do you have any last words you want to say to people before we head out? Before we get out of here? Oh, that's good. That's good. That's good. I want to say thank you for listening, you know? Yeah. And uh, I want to thank you for inviting me on. No, dude, you're... Man, this... I mean, you're one of my favorite fighters to watch. I love watching your fights on YouTube. And, you know, you got a great gym in the Bronx, man. I'd love to come and visit one day. <laughs> I listen, man. I haven't gotten in a ring in like ten years, so um, we'll Gleason's and uh, yeah, I'll go to Gleason's. Sure. Do I go to Gleason's? Never been. I've been by it. I've never been in there. Uh, I moved. <laughs> I moved to New York about three years ago. Uh, yeah, I do stand up comedy, and that's why I moved here and I started a podcast where I uh, interview champion boxers. Oh, guy, what's his name? He does stand up comedy to the black guy, laugh out loud. Oh, uh, I don't know who, who what's his name? <laughs> okay, he got the thing, laugh out loud or something like that. Is oh, it man. the comedy club in Times Square? Nah, no? nah, he's a, he does, um, he's a, he's a YouTuber. Oh, okay, I'm sorry, I don't know who he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is he a boxing fan he as well? Comedy, yeah, he does a lot of boxing and stuff, yeah. All right, man, all right, well, champ... Superman, you have a good rest of your weekend. Take care of yourself, okay? And thank you for appearing. Thank you. Have a good rest of your night. Bye. All right. That was Aaron Superman Davis appearing on the podcast. Great interview. Uh, okay. And that's another episode of the Robodeau Podcast. Uh, Please follow us on Facebook at Ropadoe Podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at Ropadoe Podcast. And we just got a Patreon, so follow us there at Ropadoe Podcast. Uh, yeah, donate to there. Be great. All right, that's another episode of the Ropadoe Podcast. And have a good rest of your week. And I'll see you later, Fight Fans.